You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. This being the first official off-season podcast, I want to know... Wait, why is it the first official off-season podcast? Because we were kind of... The, the last ones we released are, are like right at the end of the fantasy playoffs, right? And so this, by the time you hear it, it will be the 2020 season for fantasy. The last one's still in the 2019 season. So this is the this oh. is going to be the first one, first and second one that will be released in the official offseason. So we kind of moved to a dynasty. Yeah, we've, we've kind of moved to more of a dynasty mindset again um, in the past two episodes, past two or three episodes. Um, but this is going to be the first, well, at this point, the second official offseason podcast. Mike, let's talk about 2020 rookie picks. And are they too inflated at this point? Are you are you trying to acquire them, or has their value gotten so high that you are at this point selling? Um. You know, right now, that's one of those things where it's all about who who you're talking to. What are they willing to pay? For me, I try to keep a decent amount of picks. Um, if I have first and seconds, I hold until I'm on the clock because you wait till people are sweating, especially if you're doing a draft where um, everybody's in person. You know, you could really do some good acting. But um, – don't move anything too early. Like right now, it's not. Well, what is it going to benefit you guys if you have a high twenty twenty first? What will it benefit you to move that right now? Um, depending on when you're listening to this, late December, early January, it is not. Wait till after the combine. Wait till even after the NFL draft. Depending on when your rookie draft is, wait as long as you can. Make people sweat when that happens. Um, you can really reap the reward now. One thing that I hate hearing is when people talk about later picks. Like for your rookie drafts, how many rounds do you guys have? Four, five, six? Uh, four or five. Um, I know some people go to six. but So my home league, I'll use that as, as an example. People say, oh, I don't value fourth and fifth round picks. Why? When you're on the clock or when your buddy's on the clock in the third round, it's a late third round. He's willing to move back. If you can move a fourth and a fifth to get third round talent, then isn't that pick valuable? Every pick has a value. You betcha. It's just, exactly. It's just different yeah. to everybody else. So, you know, you want to go after those guys that say, I don't value blah, blah, blah. And you, you pluck that from their team. I don't value fifth round picks. Well, in my home league this year, Terry McLaurin was a fifth round pick. That's pretty good value. Um, like I said before, Darius Slayton was my fourth-round pick in that league. We also do IDP, and I got some uh, IDP guys um, in the fourth and fifth rounds as well. So everything has a value. It's about who values it, how. Um, you know, Prey on the people that don't value picks. That's all I can say. Some people even say, I don't value picks, I value players. And they'll gladly uh, shop picks to you. So you know, look at those guys too, or gals. I, I found that the fourth round, um, I even did a, a little study on this in one of the leagues I'm in, and the fourth round hit rate 
was the same as the second round hit rate. You know, like obviously the first rounders were were all the same, but anywhere from the second round to the fourth round in our one league, they all had the same hit rate as far as being fantasy relevant. And so um, in that league, especially, I'm willing to take fourth rounders as much as I can get them. Um, even, even fifth and sixth, if, if you, if you're just kind of like trading at the end of the season, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of value to be had. And especially if you're putting in a little bit more time and effort, uh, than some of your league mates, if you, if you know the team situations a little bit better, you've done a little bit more scouting, you have an upper hand. And so you can take those late rounders and have them be valuable. I know Jetpack's a, a 2020 pick fiend. Sure am. I got so my thing was let me gather as many, let me gather as many 2020 picks as I can, um, and then so now I probably got like four in one one team and then three in another. And that's I'm pretty happy with that, and I'll probably trade out of the first round there. Um, so not not entirely. Like I'll keep the higher picks that I have, but then the ones on the back half. Um, I'll trade back into the second round. And then and for me, I'm actually pretty excited about the 2021 receivers. So I what I'm going to do is I'll have three picks in 2020. I'll trade my fourth pick, and I'll get a 2021st. And then that will end up being, you know, a, another big win for me there because I've never missed any picks ever. Right, Rish? And so, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at is – um, like if you, if you're able to, to build a, a flywheel of just like cycling through first round picks, like that's the way to do it. Um, 2020 people are going to be like, Oh yeah, this is great. Um, just look ahead, you know, the next two years, 2021 receivers look really good. So let's say strategy wise, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit heavier on running backs at the top half. And then through, because wide receiver so deep in this 2020 class with my second, third round, picks that's where i'll go a little bit more receiver and then next draft when the running backs aren't as spectacular as they are this year then that's when i'll kind of let me push towards those receivers again you in order to get to that position you have to make a couple sacrifices though um to to where you have extra 2020 picks you know so there there's um i mean except for the the one league where you've kind of built up just this plethora of amazing players and been able to trade some of your depth pieces for 2021 um, and build up that way you you kind of have to take a sacrifice uh whether it's in the draft or with some of your quality players in order to build up the picks and start to stockpile those so you can employ uh, apply that strategy um so that's the that's the one thing it is a multi-year commitment and you have to be uh you have to be ready to um, to give something up to start that process. You can't just just head in and, and go for it. Um, the one thing that I did that I really liked um, with the 2019 picks, and I, I don't know that I would do it again this year, is I actually did a pick swap where I traded um, my, what did I do? I traded my 2019 first and my 2023rd for a uh, 2020 first and a 2019 second. And because the, the closer 
the draft is, the more value that pick has. So I could get away with a third round pick uh, for that second round pick. And what ended up happening is I traded the, in a 10 team league, I traded the two, the 109 for the like 203. And I basically just moved back a couple spots and picked up an extra 2020 pick. Uh, so that was, that was a strategy that I, I really liked. Um, you you kind of have to pick your teams, right? Because uh, if you, if you, <clears throat> if you pick a team that's struggling and they're like, Oh, I need, um, I need more picks to help my team for next year. You could get a, a nice little switch where you only move back half around and you, you pick up extra picks. So, um, that was something that worked out for me. Well, there, uh, ended up with, with a couple, couple first, couple seconds, um, and, uh, uh another playoff team barely by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. I think what you're really trying to get at there is trade with losers right? That's the mantra that you need to yeah. make sure that you always trade with losers. Because if you're, if you're, if you get a team that's kind of in panic mode, they're going to be willing to spend a little bit more than a team that feels like they're content where they are. You know, you get a team that's in the top half and it's like, uh, well, I don't really need to give up much. I can make small additions and then still improve my team. If you get a team that's bottom four, it's like, well, shoot, I might have to do a, a complete overall overhaul here uh, to, to get my, my team where I'm in a, a competitive position. So that's, that's where you can really, um, work out some good deals. And I know Jetpack is a, a big trader. Mike, you're not a, you're not huge into trading. Um, have you gone out and actively acquired 2020 picks or have you kind of let them come to you? So you and I are in that sons of dynasty league together. Um, that's one that I, was just ha- had a decent roster and I was really having a hard time winning. I'm sure you remember when I just decided to absolutely blow it up. Um, I just sold guys off and I got crap in return. And oddly enough, I started winning. But I have 10 picks through the first three rounds of next year's draft. So um, I'm going to be good. By the way, congrats on beating me this week. Uh, you beat me pretty <laughs> good you. by about 60 points, I think. Uh, last I checked, uh, no. Happened as Over soon as 60 I got, uh, as soon as I got Joe Mixon in there at running back, I had I had my uh, my wide receivers in that league were uh, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, um, had Mark Andrews, and I just didn't have any. Like my my team was good except for my running back, and. Then I got Joe Mixon, and that blew the door wide open, as well as having Kenyon Drake on my team and having Kenyon Drake finally unlocked. So, unfortunately, it was too little too late, but now the team's looking real good for next year. And uh, I also, because I was so bad, I process got a couple firsts in the process. I have um, four picks through the first two rounds, which is kind of nice, um, as well as that that core there so if odell ever figures it out over there in cleveland can have a a pretty decent lineup i like that league a lot i like the people in it um that's a fun one that's one i'm going to definitely keep it's a competitive league where uh where anyone can win any given game which is kind of nice what's great about that league too pork man's in it oh yeah I love Porkman. He, he's been on uh, – we've been having him on the Rewind too. So 
Uh, what's up, Porkman? Glad to have him on. He's an awesome dude. I met up with him one day. Um, he's as cool in person as he is, you know, talking to him on Twitter and all that good stuff. So he's That's the awesome. man. Yeah. I'm a big, big Porkman fan there. Um, all right. You ready for some buy candidates for 2020? Absolutely. Give me your top three buy candidates for uh, for the year 2020. You want me to go first, or you want Jetpack to take this one? I want to hear. Give me, give me at least one. Who's your number one buy candidate for for 2020? Right. So we all know that you always need a good wide receiver. And this is going to sound weird, but I like to try to go for value with huge upside. So I'm going to try to buy John Ross wherever I can. Um, I think Zach Taylor, that is the – I get him and Brian Flores mixed up. Zach Taylor is in Cincinnati, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, okay, good. Just making sure. Um, I thought he came on really good at the beginning of the season. I knew he, I think he had an ankle or foot injury, something like that. So he was out for a while, and it's been slow starting coming back for him. But I think that they kind of figured out what to do with him to get him the ball quick. And I think a lot of people are still a little scared off by him. So um, I'm going to scoop him up wherever I can as cheaply as possible. And either if my team's not competitive, I'll sell him high. If it's competitive, I'll try to ride him to a championship. Yeah, I like that one. I, I dig John Ross as far as what he brings to the table. Um, I think he's he, – for him, it's all – like for so many of the young receivers, it's about confidence. And we saw what Devontae Parker turned into when he started to have some confidence. Saw so a similar thing happened with Debo Samuel. And John Ross, for him, it's just, okay, can you get on the field and can you keep showing your stuff? And we saw it earlier in the year, just like you were talking about, Mike. I think it's such a good point is we've seen him be the explosive guy for that team, and we've seen the way that Zach likes to use him. And I think that's what's so encouraging about John Ross and that gives you hope going forward is – like the potential is there, just let's get him healthy, and then then we'll then we'll see. And you know, so yeah, I, I'm all about buying John Ross. How much would you pay? So if if uh, let's, I would sell him. Let's say I'll sell him for like a second round pick. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Probably, if we're talking like a mid second, I think that's pretty fair. Okay, yeah. How about like a high second? Is that too much for you? I'm trying to find um, the edge here. So if I'm if I'm giving a high second, I'm probably going to ask for like a late fourth, early fifth back, just because you always try to get you always yeah, try to get no, something like plus. You know what I mean? And someone's going to be like, you know, I don't know. A lot of people, like I said before, eh, fourth, fifth round pick. I don't want to lose a trade over that, and that could really help you out in the future. So I would probably yeah. do something like that. No, I dig that. I, the true value as a mid two. That that's. That's you know pretty prime because like guys there you're looking at the second second round of 2020 maybe you're thinking like Henry Ruggs or Jalen Rager they're all kind of like similar skill set guys so um, yeah no, I, I think that's that's right where I'm at too. Question for you guys: Do you have any leagues that draft before the NFL draft? Like they draft all their rookies? No. Okay. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous, right, Rich? <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's that's. Do you? I don't think that's a smart way to do it. There was one league I was in where they wanted to change to that, and I'm like, look, oh. guys, if you want to do it, no offense, but I'm out because, <laughs> you know, hey, talent talent is one thing, you know, and a lot of people always say talent over landing spot, but um, at the beginning of the year, I liked A.J. Brown more than Paris Campbell, and then Paris Campbell went to the Colts, and A.J. Brown went to the Titans. 
So then I like Paris Campbell more than AJ Brown, but now I'm kind of leaning back the other way. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the draft really affects the fantasy draft too. So totally some leagues do it like that. Oh, absolutely. It's, just, if, it's weird to me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If Joe Mixon went to like literally any other team, he'd be in the hall of fame right now. Imagine, imagine Joe Mixon in Cleveland. Yeah, there you Ooh. go. Right. Or, or, you know, Joe Mixon in, in, in Indianapolis. Oh, even. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think you got to do it after the draft. They had several hundred yard games, though. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Mixon, Rich, who's your buy low? City. Oh, um, my buy low is well. I mean, I, I have a couple guys that I that I would really be looking to buy low. Um, but I'm gonna go with David Montgomery here. I think I still believe in the talent. And I think his, uh, I mean, he was a top top three pick in most fantasy drafts. And I, I think you could get him for a lot less now um, because of how he's played and how the Chicago offense has looked. Watching the games, I, it's his production is more a result of the Chicago offensive line than anything else. So I think um, he's a guy that long term, I still feel like I can believe in as they fix up the offensive line, as they uh, continue to get creative with running the ball. So um, I think, I think David Montgomery's one guy that, that uh, I would be looking to buy low. There's a handful of other guys in there, but um, he's one guy that I think his value has dropped so much that, um, that it really makes sense to go after him uh, as a guy that can be a bell cow back. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think, I, well, I want to say just about David Montgomery, that's like a, a great analysis. The Bears' offensive line has really sucked. Um, and we've seen just different offensive lines affect all, affect Saquon, affect everybody. Um, this year is, is a good example. Um, but like his three and a half yards per carry, that's similar to what Le'Veon Bell had his rookie year. That's very similar to what Joe Mixon had his rookie year. And so, I, you know, part of it is just figuring out what your game is and who you are as an athlete. Um, and how you can win. And, and David Montgomery, um, you know, as far as like a role, he's got it. He's he's locked in as the lead back. Um, so future for it, like he's the perfect example of what you want your buy low candidate to be. You want him to be someone who like everybody thinks is just total crap. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at, I think, with David yeah. Montgomery is in the dynasty community. He's just getting, you know, people are saying – terrible things about him you know um so yeah where where is your value for him would you give up a an early 2022nd or a late 2020 what what are you most comfortable with what's the highest you would pay would easily give up uh an early 2022nd um like that's no brainer push a little further do the first would it would it would depend on uh, roster construction a little bit there, but I think I think you give me a, a bottom three first round pick, and I would I would take that for David Montgomery, or I would I would give that for David Montgomery again. Probably probably do the same thing that that Mike did for John Ross is is try and get a little something back in one of the later rounds, but I think that would um, I think I would I would do a late round first uh, for him because you you look at that line and literally. Their right guard, right tackle, and left tackle all suck. 
their center and left guard both decent but you when you have we have three out of your five offensive linemen that blow chunks you <laughs> cannot run the ball well like Rashad Coward it you you would be better off just putting a a one of the practice dummies there like that's that's essentially what you're running behind um, and so literally literally anybody could do a better job there next year so yes i i would be very comfortable um getting him uh early first late or eight or sorry early second uh late first with a little kickback there jetpack who's your who's your buy low uh since we already talked about christian kirk i'll go quarterback here um and i'll say matt stafford so in dynasty leagues, he has now reached the injury prone and old category of guys. Um, and so the cost for him is going to be basically zero, I think, because at this point, um, most people will have some sort of, you know, you're not going to have any sort of like desperation for quarterbacks in the offseason. Um, but he's a guy that, at least moving into 2020, I'm excited about what he's capable of doing. Um, currently, he's ranked top five or six, depending on you know how your scoring is, um, in points per game for quarterbacks after playing eight games. And um, the offensive weapons are there. And um, so for me, I'm definitely excited about how Matt Stafford's going to look when he comes back to playing football. Uh, the injuries will always be a risk that I think you're going to have to take, but it's part of the game. The thing that I like about Stafford is he plays in the dome, and so the weather's always going to be good there, um, and and his weapons are solid. And so that formula, for me, I think keeps him as a, like, if you can get him in a good matchup, that's a 25-pointer right there. Um, so Matt Stafford's a guy that I like moving forward, and I think he's definitely going to be forgotten about uh, this offseason. I agree. I like that pick. Matt Stafford was a guy that I wanted um, as my quarterback for this season um, in a lot of places because he did have so many uh, weapons around him and he was playing really well and you forget that. So excellent, excellent pick there. Um, let's, let's move into a sell candidate. Who, who are you selling? Who do you think their value has peaked and you want to get rid of um, right as they're at their peak value, Mike. So if I have him anywhere, which the only places I have him a redraft, I'm going to sell Darren Waller. Um, I really think that his peak value is right now. It's actually might be a few weeks past since he signed that contract. He hasn't done much and I don't have his stats up in front of me. I know he did just have a good game this past week, but um, in fact, you might know this. Wasn't he a converted wide receiver? Yeah, he played wide out at Georgia Tech. Okay. All right. So, you know, he's still not you – know, he's not a pure tight end, I guess we could say. Um, but I think you could get good value for him. I would look to move him. Um, I'd probably look for a guy like maybe Dawson Knox, who I like a lot. I know Rich isn't the biggest Josh Allen guy, and that's who's delivering him the ball. Um, but – you know, John, Dawson Knox to me, he's got talent. He definitely has the opportunity. So you could probably sell Waller for Knox plus. Um, so he's a guy that I'd be uh, dumping. And I believe he's 27 or 28. 
Um, yeah, he's old. He's, uh, he's in the twenty-seven range. Um, he's so, been in the in the league for a while. So you could get four to five years younger, and also pick up another draft pick. So it's one way I'd go about it. There. What do you think about maybe a, a Tyrell Williams and then a mid-round pick? Is that or would you want a little bit more? <laughs> um. Well, so for me, that depends on roster construction. You know, a lot of times. Tight end is tight ends thin. You know, the, the landscape's not great. Um, so you're probably looking to get a tight end back. But if you're stacked at the position, um, I like Tyrell Williams, but it would probably have to be like Tyrell Williams in like a second. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Tyrell Williams guy. Yeah, I think trading for Tyrell Williams would be pretty stupid if you're giving up the tight end three overall. But that's just me. Yeah, it would so it has to be a little bit more. So the specific trade that was being referenced was one that I did. It was a nine keeper league, so I gave up uh, Darren Waller for Tyrell Williams and uh, a fourth, which isn't a true fourth round pick because you only get to keep nine guys. So um, there's a lot more there's a lot more uh, talent in there. Um, like Adam Thielen was a fourth round pick a couple of years back, and then he broke okay. out. You get Pat Mahomes in the in in the third round, stuff like that. Uh, so that's the that's the landscape of the pick. I also had George Kittle, or not George Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey, and then um, traded away Darren Waller and picked up Austin Hooper as well for Curtis Samuel. So that was part of the trade. No, it was part of the. It was part of the. No, no, no. It was part of the trade. So no. I blocked. <laughs> Uh, I gave up Darren Waller so that the other guy couldn't get Austin Hooper. Well, what do you do? Ended up sucking. You guys are both playing uh, for third place. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's really, really okay. actually, yeah. if you look at the tight ends that I've had in that league, real quick. Last year I had George Kittle, and then this year had Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, and Darren Waller. So in two years, I've had. Uh, Four of the top five tight ends, which is kind of wild. Yeah, you're the tight end whisperer. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> trade them away. Trade them away. Only keep nine. On to the next one. That's a that's a good uh, that's a good sell though. I I I would be in the same position um, selling Darren Waller as. Uh, I mean, I would in retrospect, I would get more for him. I think it's a good call on him. What's my cell going to be? I that's the, that's I'm tough. like debating how much like argument I want to get into here. <laughs> um, I like for me, I'm on the opposite end of of Darren Waller. Like, I wouldn't sell him at all. Um, I think he's a great player. If there's somebody who's willing to sell the third best tight end in football right now, like, yeah, I'll I'll get Darren Waller. I, I don't mind. Um, he's second in receiving. Uh, he's Third in targets, um, he's first in hundred yard games. Um, they love him. John Gruden loves him. Um, he's the best player on their team. So for me, Darren Waller's a hold. Uh, but I, I mean, like everybody has their own preference, and like I'm wrong all the time. So you know, but that that's where I'm at on Darren Waller. I don't think he's an obvious sell. It's one of those things too. I'm just saying, sell him. He the value is probably not going to be as high as it is now. You could really. You know, you could really rake it in for him. So, 
if you're good at this position, maybe you have some up and coming guys. Like if Evan Ingram ever gets right and you have him, um, Dallas Goddard's going to break out at some point. I'd like to imagine. So there's talent out there. It's just, um, you might have needs elsewhere on your team too. And he'd be a good guy to move on from if you need to bank on getting a high return. So, but I do like, I do like Darren Waller. I, I want to put that out there. I think I have him in almost every redraft league I'm in. So. I think, uh, I think I look ahead and see that they're going to add a true number one guy and not that his targets are going to drop drastically or whatever, but um, they're lacking that. And that's who I thought Tyrell was going to be is that the number one receiver for them, uh, which is a guy I wanted. But so I think, I think they're going to get a, a wide receiver in this draft. They have to, they have to get a playmaker. And so right now they're relying on Darren Waller to be that guy. I don't think they're going to have to rely on Darren Waller to be that guy next year. Um, I could be wrong there, but I think, I think they're going to find someone that's, that's going to be the the playmaker that they've been relying on Darren Waller to to be, and he's not going to have to be that for them. Yeah, who's a who's a sell for you, Jetpack? Oh, you go first. I'm still thinking. This is tough. Um, I think for me, uh, th- and this isn't. Um, this is more of an inconsistency preference and that's Kenny Galladay. And so even when he did have Matt Stafford as his quarterback, it was a little bit inconsistent. Um, and that's kind of been the theme for his career. He's, he's had a lot of big, big games that have boosted him up and he's a, he's a top 10 wide receiver, but, uh, he's just given you a ton of bust weeks. So I think Kenny Galladay is a guy that I would be okay selling. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to give him up cheap because he's a young talent that has uh, a ton of upside. But he's a guy that just for the inconsistency um, is not necessarily someone that I really uh, – not, not someone that I'm opposed to, to selling. I think you can get really good value for him um, and potentially avoid some of that, that major inconsistency in your lineup. Mike, what do you think about Kenny Galladay? Looking at his stats right now, there's a lot. Man, inconsistency is right. I mean, his targets are kind of all over the place. I'm seeing a lot of fours and fives. There's two targets, but you you have to keep I mean, some in mind that he's had backup quarterbacks throwing him the ball. But but even still, it's just been the it's been the the theme for his his career. You're right. Um, this year, though, it's like you're getting at least one touchdown almost every game. He's got 10 on the year. So, yeah, the inconsistencies there, but he's at least putting something on the board for you. So, you know, I would, I would probably be looking. Do you have him in Sons of Dynasty? Or are you looking to move him? Because uh, we can yeah, let's go out for the offseason. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I have him there. I have him in uh, I have him in two leagues that I'm in. Um, he's, he's a guy that you get, and he's not necessarily your wide receiver one, right? You never you didn't draft him to be your wide receiver one, which is why I think and now that he looks like he or, or he's had the season where he's up there in the wide receiver one category, he could be a guy that you sell to to find someone that could be a little bit more consistent in that range, like. 
Galladay for Juju Smith-Schuster is not out of the picture with the year that Juju's had, maybe even Juju plus, you know? And that's something that I would be very interested in because I think Juju is a, uh, can be a more consistent player when he has good quarterback play. Obviously, his quarterbacks have been terrible this year, um, but but that's that's kind of what I see. Um, maybe your your potential uh, reward if you do uh, sell Kenny Galladay. If somebody offered you, like, let's say you have Kenny Galladay, and he said, I'll give you Anthony Miller straight up, would you make that deal? Absolutely. Anthony Miller has been a top <laughs> four wide receiver in the past five weeks. <laughs> uh, you should play him, then. Yes, you, yeah. you're saying, is he sitting on you're your saying, bench still? Do I want the one? Um, only, yeah, only he still is. Place. You better fix that, boy. <laughs> Hard because in, in that league, I also have Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay and Terry McLaurin and Adam Thielen and Austin Eckler. Okay, you don't need to brag. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. You just keep sitting him and he's balling, dude. It's a humble brag right there, man. Yeah, come on, get out of here. (laughs) I don't know who to I don't know who to sit him for, you know? That's the that's the thing. Well he's outscoring them all. (laughs) Find somebody. Just Yeah, just that's at a certain point, just start your studs. Yeah, that's right. You gotta start your studs, man. Anthony Miller. True. Are you a true believer if he's not a stud, you know? You got to get him in there. I have I have started him. Um, did not start him last week. A huge mistake. Shootout <laughs> versus Kansas City, though. Shootout versus Kansas City, though. Oh, pff, that's, got to start him. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it could happen. Good. Will Mitch ascends? Anthony Miller takes Mitch with him. All right, so I'll talk about my. So I'm. This is going to be bad. I kind of just like scram. You know, I just looked at all the best players and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. So a guy that I'll I'll sell is Derrick Henry, um, and I'm a I'm a fan of Derrick Henry's game and what he means to the Titans and how valuable he is to that offense. Um, to me, the the idea of selling him is similar to what Mike's talking about. Like this might be the peak of his value in terms of um, what we see moving forward because of like contract issues and things like that. So um, he's a free agent, and they're going to need to pay him. And I'm not sure if they're willing to pay him that much. So we'll see where that goes. If he like ends up on another team, then I think it's a totally different dynamic for him. Um, like part of why he's so successful is because he is the Tennessee Titans. Like that's his identity. Um, and they rely on him for everything. And so, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, as far as who he is as a player and all that, like I'm definitely a believer. Um, but I would say he's a guy that I would sell for, nah, give me, give me some sell ideas for Derek Henry. You can get a lot. You can get a lot. This is RB, what, four? RB3? If you're selling Derrick Henry, I'm I'm looking at a guy, you want to look at a team where he thinks he's a contender and he's a running back away. You got a 2021st and a 2022nd, huh? We could could start there. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things. You know, sometimes the running backs on the second contracts really don't work out. Um, Zeke hasn't been as Zeke this year, 
He's RB5, but yeah, no, you're, I mean, totally. But, but it hasn't looked like it, right? It's been like the quietest RB5 season I've ever <laughs> yes. seen. Yes, yeah. Um, Todd Gurley really hasn't looked that great. But then again, I think a lot of that is how they've been using him. Um, Le'Veon Bell has not looked good. So you know, sometimes these guys, and I mean, maybe Derrick Henry could prove me wrong here. He's been misused through the first half of his career where they tried to make Deion Lewis a thing over and over again. So it's only been recently that they've started to uh, productively use him more. So he, he might still have uh, some tank, some gas left in the tank. Can't even talk right now. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's a like workload regression or injury candidate in the sense of like, yes, everybody's an injury candidate, but I don't think he's like at the workload risk point yet. Um, he's probably like two or three years away from like re- genuinely being concerned. But like you were saying, people have not given him the workload um, in the early part of his career. And so that's why he's um, not been a big name, but I, yeah, I think if I like, my question is always going to be how many guys does it take for me to get Saquon? Right. And if I can swing Derrick Henry for Saquon, who is like RB20 or something like that right now, um, like I'm down for that. So if like that's kind of what I'm thinking. There's going to be some younger guy who's, you know, more complete that I can move Derrick Henry for. 100%. He's the guy that you move and try to get Tyreek. You know, an underwhelming Tyreek season due to some injury and and all those question marks. Tyreek could be a, a, a guy that you could target there. Is I, I know you're a big Tyreek fan as far as his um, skill set and, and situation goes. Yeah, some somebody who's underperformed definitely. Like if there's an elite prospect out there, he's a good guy that I would be willing to package. Ready to game game it up? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm I'm super so, ready. You ready, Mike? You got some rustling over there. Whatever's going on. I think um, that was Rish. Okay. Eh? Yeah, that was probably me. Yes. <laughs> um. So the the game is. I will give you one clue, and you both get a guess. Uh. After each clue, you both can take a guess. Um. If you choose not to take a guess, that's totally fine. Um, and we'll just keep going until someone gets it or until I just tell you who it is because you're not going to get it. Sound good? How many Deal. galactic credits are on the line here? Oh, how many galactic credits? Mike, do you have any galactic credits with you? I do not. Um, Rish said that you were the guy to see about the galactic credits. <laughs> So yeah, I am the I am the banker of the galactic credit. I might be negative. Well, so, no, well, no, you're definitely zero. After the game, I might be. Well, negative yeah, sure. Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as you become as soon as you become a patron, you get five galactic credits, or you should get five. Oh, credits. yeah. So no, Mike, no, have, absolutely. Have at least five there. Oh, Mike, no, you're a patron. Five. Oh, I am. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they gotta yeah. support our brothers. Our podcast hey, you know what? Brothers, so. I tell I tell you what. You're on a 10x multiplier for this game. Bonuses. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. that's the real deal. All right, I love it. Wow, 
Yeah. So are you wagering that's five? That's a patron bonus. <laughs> excited. Let's Ooh. let's do it up. <laughs> All right. So this player was a conference USA champion in 2010. Who oh, is yet? That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. He's drafted in 2014. Okay, that's helpful. Was, uh, so he was a conference champion when he was a freshman then. Conference, conference USA. I think of conference um, USA schools. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even know what position he is. Do we get there yet? Uh, not yet. Okay. All right. Keep sorry. Yes, Keep that's going. the next one. I'm excited though. He has, he has thrown over 100 touchdowns in his career. NFL career. NFL career, yes. NFL career. As of this week, he has thrown over 100 touchdowns. Wow. Is this one of the ones that you said we would get to? <laughs> we'll absolutely get this one. Yeah, no, uh, this is this is totally doable. At seven over 17,000 passing yards and a career passer rating of 80.6. Age of 27, you will have to look back to the 2014 draft in the first round to see his name. Yeah, don't shout it out. Let me know if you have the answer. 2014 first round pick. Like right, if I'm getting this, if I'm getting these clues right, it's as simple as figuring out what backup started last week and threw a touchdown. Correct. Not to have started last week. Well, okay, but you I said he just he just recently threw, got to a hundred. I'm just saying, no, no, no. His his career NFL statistics as of week fifteen or week thirty, yeah, week 15, 2019. Gotcha. Is one hundred three touchdowns, seventy five interceptions. Okay, That's a lot of interceptions. That is. 2014 first round pick. 14 first round pick. It's Blake Bortles. Did I get it? Rish? Blake Bortles? Oh, hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, no. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No, I can't hear you. Sorry, I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened back? there. I'm back. <laughs> uh, Blake Portal is the correct answer. Jeff Thank you. Yeah, he I'm went sorry to that took so long. That's bad. He went to UCF. He, okay. He did go to UCF. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was. I did not say that he was an ACC champion um, in 2013. Just went with the Conference USA champion. All right. I appreciate that. Sorry that, I'm, I, apologies to the audience. I, you know, I'm sorry. I really sorry that it took so long. Okay. In the 2017 draft, this player was picked in the fourth round. He hails from Alpharetta, Georgia. 
not that you would have it at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's that's what uh, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, he has only six passing completions on twelve attempts for forty three yards and one one interception on his career. That's really bad. That's really bad. Um, he played behind starter Justin Worley in college. Sorry, say that again. He played behind Justin Worley and competed with Nathan Peterman in college. Gotcha. What are you thinking, Mike? You got any guesses? I think where Nathan Peterman went to college. He went, it's hard. Peterman went to Pitt. But before that, Nathan Peterman went to Tennessee. What? Nathan Peterman's from Pitt. Did he go to Tennessee for like part of his career? That Nathan Peterman as a sophomore. Oh, was okay. At Tennessee. Wow. Yep. Oh. Is Listen, it... You gotta let me know. You can't say the name straight out. You gotta let me know if you have a guess. I have a guess. All right. Mike, do you have a guess? This? Do you have a guess yet? I do not. No. All right, Chip Hack, take your guess. It's Josh Dobbs. Is Josh Dobbs? Yeah, baby. All right, I'll have to get the next two then. <laughs> the next clue was going to be uh, he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whew! Okay. There's a bullet there. I'm glad yeah, I got they, that one. They just Let's traded him kid. recently too. He's now I'm glad, on you know, the Jaguars. I'm glad yeah. we talked it out as far as like what college Nathan Peterman. That was so helpful to get that little tidbit there, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this guy was an undrafted free agent in 2012. Oh, we're going going back a ways. That's deep. 2012. Mm-hmm. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. His career rushing yards are just over a thousand, as of week. Uh, 7, 2019. That's the last time this was updated on Wikipedia. Um, so I don't, I don't know what he's at now, but still over a thousand, presumably. He has almost 500 receiving yards as of week 7, 2019. And uh, 14 career touchdowns. Wow. He's known mostly for his special teams play and has played on two different teams. Um, the So he played on one team. Uh, any, is it, is it, can, I, on, can I guess? Sure, can I burn on, a he guess? He played on one team. Yeah, go ahead and burn a guess. The, my guess is Rex Burkhead. No, it's not Rex Burkhead. Okay, okay, okay. Although... Although this player has played on, uh, he's played on only two teams, but he played on one team in the AFC East 
and then went and played on another team in the AFC East, and now he's back on the first team that he played for in the AFC East. Ooh. I just thought that when guys did that, it was funny. So he's played uh, he's played for both the best team in the AFC East and the worst team in the AFC East. Do you know what those two teams are? Can we get a hey, position? I think uh, it's a, it's a, it's a running back, correct? He's a running back special teamer. Yes, running back special teamer from Ole Miss. From where? Ole Miss. I think I have <laughs> a guess. Right, give me a guess, Mike. Uh, just because he feels like a patriot to me. Um, is it Brandon Bolden? It is Brandon Bolden. Nice. <sighs> oh, oh got excellent. One. Excellent work. That's amazing, okay. Mike. Plus 50 galactic credits to you, sir. Well, did he go did he go Patriots, Dolphins, Patriots? Is that what he did? Oh, he did go Dolphins, oh! Patriots, Dolphins. And he got both teams? Okay. Wow. Plus an extra Patriots, five. Patriots, Dolphins, <laughs> Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent work. That's Patriots, good stuff by Mike. He's, he's well, it's on one of those Patriots. things. When you say two Super Bowls since 2012, it either narrows down the team or a guy that's been around a lot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So... That's I, had to be, I thought yeah, of the Patriots right away. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Great work. All right. So this one, this one's going to be, uh, you are going to have to have uh, paid attention a little bit this season to know this player. So, that, okay. I mean, glad Brooks isn't here. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so this player went undrafted in 2018. Out of Vanderbilt. So he's only in his second year. He's from Danville, Illinois. So a little, uh, little Illinois guy. I don't actually. It's it's kind of in central, uh, central eastern Illinois. Very small town. Um, currently, this season, he has uh, four receptions for eighty yards. So big play guy um, on 13 targets last year. Sorry, when did he had, when did last last year he was drafted? He went undrafted last year. Okay. Last year he had 210 yards for 80 yards or sorry, um, 19 receptions for 210 yards and one touchdown last year. This year only four receptions for 80 yards. Tracking so far. I'm tracking. He, oh, he said, he said he Vanderbilt. Right? Plays in the NF- yes, went to Vanderbilt. He currently plays in the NFC West. Mm. A, yeah, my my guess would have been wrong then. Wide receiver in the NFC West plays on a team that has a bajillion other wide receivers. That we have mentioned multiple of on this show. Pretty much every other wide receiver on this team we have mentioned at some point on this podcast already, except for him. Mates with guys like Christian Kirk, 
Yeah, I have no idea it's who. Gerald. Is it? Is it a uh, Demir Bird? Butler. Oh, it is not Demir Bird. It is Demir Frank. Bird's backup. That's uh, deep cut. <laughs> it's not Demir Bird's it's not, backup. It's not Keyshawn Johnson, is it? No, no, no. no. It's not Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, he's Gosh, got more dang. of a role. But he's got to be. Oh, what's be his name? Guy. Oh, I totally know. I totally. Oh, it's Trent Sherfield. It's Trent Sherfield. Yes. Ding, ding. Nice. Heck yeah. Do you want the last bonus one that was meant to be the tiebreaker and we'll just run through it real quick? Yeah, run it. Mike, it's worth 100 galactic credits. Wow. Wow, this is big. Okay. <laughs> A player that went undrafted in 2018 out of Cincinnati. Okay. Has 32 rushing attempts for 144 Ooh. yards Ooh, and two back. touchdowns. Ooh. Yes, yes. Um, he currently plays for a team in the NFC North. And let me let me just check when. One, two, three. He's the fourth string running back on the depth chart, but could likely see touches this upcoming week. It's Mike Boone. Yes, it's Did Mike I, Boone. Yeah, it is. Oh, yep. Beat me to it. Yep. I was Let's just, go! I'm like, what, the heck is that guy? what is that guy from the Vikings name? I couldn't think of it <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> hey, right. Jetpack thing. Thanks for letting me play, one, Rich. Yeah. Oh, that was fun to, to have you do it. That was, that was great. You nailed Brandon Bolden. That was excellent. Yeah, unfortunately, we get a lot of Patriots games here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jetpack, I'm sure you get them where you are too, right? A bunch. Yeah, I'm starting to. I actually just moved here, so um, yeah, I'm starting to catch on to all the West Coast football or the East Coast football and how everything works and how you're early to everything and all the the night games are so late, so (laughs) a little bit different. It's it's rough. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Especially when it's a Monday night game and it goes in like overtime or something, you're like, I don't even care if they lose. I just want to go to bed. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It is tough. All right, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, well, this, I guess two weeks it will have been at this point. Um, don't forget to follow Mike on Twitter at the mbauer 85 correct? That's correct, and hey, that. thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Dynasty Rewind. Um that was a that was a fun one. Great group of guys there. There, it's 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 a ton of fun to to listen to you guys. And and I got to join your show once, so that was uh, fun to have you on ours. Um, looking forward to definitely having you back sometime. Anytime you guys need me, just let me know. Good stuff, brother. And you know, you know that's what we love about you. As for us, the fantasy football astronauts, we're blasting off. Okay. Thank you.